So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Come and See Inspirations production, being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this is the 7th of March. It's the third Sunday in Lent. My name is John Keeley, and help me to present the programme again this morning, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? We're good. Thank you very much indeed. And, of course, we also want to welcome our listeners who are housebound and those lonely and struggling and those who do keep in contact with us. We meet them. Thank you very much indeed for your prayers and for your support. A few good wishes for the programme. The programme, of course, is broadcast at West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. Just a reminder again, uh, the 10am slot each Sunday morning is taken up with Broadcasting Mass from Abbeyfield Parish. And 11pm, of course, is where our normal programme, uh, our regular programme, should I say, is broadcast. You can listen back to any of our programmes going back over the last number of years at comeandseeinspirations.buzzpread.com. All you've got to do there is just Google Come and See Inspirations. Uh, you can also get us on uh, Spotify and iTunes. And, of course, these days we are on Facebook. If those of you are on Facebook, just search for Come and See Inspirations and you'll get us there. We put up our weekly uh, programme every Sunday and we, we, we usually put up something midweek from the archives. If you want to contact us, please do so. And that's on 87 6088 That's 087-6088-667. Or email com. Now, Shane might share some saints for the week with us this week. Thanks, Shane. Thanks, John. So today is, of course, the 7th of uh, March, which is the third Sunday of Lent this year. For those of us praying the Psalter, we're on week three for the coming week, which, of course, is the third week of Lent. As we said at the start of Lent, saints kind of get slightly downgraded. So we'll only go quickly through who's on the calendar this week. Uh, they get Sorry, they get slightly downgraded during Lent because Lent takes precedence liturgically. So Monday, the 8th of March, is the feast day of St. John of God. Uh, very much, of course, the patron saint of nurses, the sick, heart patients, printers and booksellers. Obviously, of course, as well in the Diocese of Limerick, it is also the feast day of St. Sinan, who is the patron of my own parish here in Shanagolden. St. Sinan very much, of course, associated with Kilrush and, of course, the island of Scattery. Um, his early studies were mainly at the Monastery of Kilnamana, and then his principal foundation, of course, was on Scattery. And he was an Anam Karat Kieran of Clonmacnoise and to St. Brendan, and he died in 544 AD. Tuesday, the 9th of uh, March, is the feast day of St. Francis of Rome. A saint who died in 1440, a woman who happily married life and founded a society of women with the rule of St. Benedict, and she became a member of it after her own husband's death. Uh, Wednesday, the the 10th of March, is the feast day of blessed John Marie Joseph Lataste, who is a Dominican blessed. And he is, uh, one second, I've lost my sheet with him. So he is a French saint, Dominican, ordained in 1863. And he founded the Dominican Sisters of Saint of Bethany in 1867. And the sisters continued their work today with abused women in several locations. And he died in 1869 of TB. Uh, then on uh, Thursday the 11th, we have the feast day of Saint Angus on the Irish calendar. Angus very much associated with uh, County Leash mon- and then went on to the monastery at Tala at the end of the 8th century. Uh, he was renowned for his devotion to foreign and native saints and he composed what are two martyrologies, which is lists of the saints. And he returned to, his, um, to, um, to the monastery in uh, Clunanach, I think is how it's pronounced in County Leash, where he became abbot and bishop and he died around 824 AD. Friday the 12th of March is the feast day of Saint, I love this one, 
Aleph the Bald. That's why his name jumped out in the air. Alfeg. Um, he was a relative of St. Dunstan of Canterbury, a bishop of Winchester, great supporter of the monastic life, and he ordained St. Dunstan and St. Ethelwold, and he died in 951 of natural causes. And finally, John, Saturday the 13th of March is the feast day of St. Christina of Persia, she's called. She's a martyr of the persecutions of Krasua I of Persia, and she died... She was scourged to death, and we don't actually have a particular date, but she's mentioned as one of the martyrs of the church in Persia. So that's what we have in terms of the saints of the week this week, John. Thank you, Shane. Just a few notices just to bring to people's attention. Uh, 8pm each Wednesday, the Lenten mission continues in Mount, from Mount St. Alphonsus Church, the Redemptive Church in Limerick, and you could just uh, Google novena.ie and you'll get them there. Tuesday, 8 p.m. from Knox Ryan, that's knoxryan.ie. There are reflections on the scriptures, some scripture reflections. On Thursday, again from Knox Ryan, there's Lenten Conversations hosted by Father Eamon Conway. Now, just a few, a few, uh, a few, a few notices about upcoming um, programs here or broadcasts here on Sacred Space, uh, Come and See Inspirations. We're pleased to say again that um, the Good Friday. Um, the Good Friday Prayer Around the Cross from Newcastle West with the young people arranged by Father Frank Dewey. That will be broadcast again this year from 7pm to 8pm on Good Friday. So come and see Inspirations will arrange the broadcast of uh, the, good, the, 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 the Good Friday Prayer Around the Cross with the young people from uh, Newcastle West arranged by Father Frank Dewey and that's here in West Limit 102. And also, we're delighted to let people know that on St. Patrick's Day, um, with, again, we want to thank West Limit 102 for allowing us to broadcast Mass from Abbeyfield. Um, so that's 10 a.m. Mass, St. Patrick's Day from Abbeyfield Parish. And I think, uh, Shane, you might have one or two other little things you might want to remind us of. Yeah, no, I just have one one local announcement which I was asked to pass on to people, which is that there will be Stations of the Cross online um, on the Glynn uh, church camera on church services. And it's going to be on Friday nights starting on the 12th of March. And it'll be every week at Friday. And I think it's at 8 o'clock. But that time is to be cons- to be confirmed. So for local people that want to participate in those stations of the cross in that particular pastoral area, uh, to keep an eye on the observer as there will be notices. And obviously, of course, the parish that keeps us going during the week on our, on each Sunday, Abbey Field, has their own uh, Linton things happening as well, including stations on Friday and adoration ongoing. There is a lot going on. We are very, But we are also, John, of course, very, very conscious of people that do not have internet access so we hope that the little bit that we provide on a Sunday morning on the radio program is of some assistance in these uh, surreal times I think is the word we'd use and for that we want to thank West Limit 1 or 2 and especially Jason Smith because without Jason Smith it just wouldn't happen he's the guy who connects us in with Abbeyfield Church each Sunday morning now we'll pray our spiritual communion prayer and this is because obviously we can't get to Mass these days and the best way, of course, to receive Jesus is in Holy Communion at Mass. But there are times when we can't get to Mass. But we can still reach out to him by making a spiritual communion prayer. And this is the prayer we pray each Sunday morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. 
Now, just before we go for our first bit of music this morning, Shane, you want to just let listeners know what's coming up in part two of the programme? So this morning we have two very special guests joining us all the way from Pennsylvania in the US of A, and they are joining us from the Bruderhof community. So it is Nathan and Evelyn van der Hoof, and they are going to introduce to us who and what the Bruderhof is. So please join us again in part two. In the meantime, we'll go for our first bit of music. As I said, this one is Taze Music. We really haven't played any Taze Music for some time. And this one is entitled Bless the Lord. So join us again in part two. Welcome back to part two of the radio program this morning, Sacred Space 102 here on West Limerick 102, a Come and See Inspirations production here on West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose and I'm delighted to have you with us this morning. And of course, manning the controls as always this morning, we have John. Say good morning, John. Good morning, guys. This is going to be some (laughs) trip. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Now, we are delighted to have uh, some special guests joining us all the way this morning from Pennsylvania in the United States of America. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, Evelyn. How are you doing? Good morning. Very good. Thank you. 
Very good. We're delighted to have you on the programme with us this morning and, to li- and going out to our listeners across in West Limerick. Now, the reason we have Nathan and Evelyn on the radio programme with us this morning is because we are going to ask them to introduce to us the Bruderhof community. And this has been something myself and John have been trying to get organised um, amongst ourselves, first and foremost, for quite a while. Um, but uh, so we're delighted to have it on. So the first things first, I suppose, Nathan, I have to ask, we have to explain to our listeners, who or what is the Bruderhof? So the, our Bruderhof Communities is a church community movement that began about 100 years ago in Germany. And so now we have a number of communities um, in the United States and England and Australia primarily. Mm. And you said your 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 the community came out of kind of a, like you're, you're celebrating a centenary almost this year, aren't you? That's correct. So the the first community in in Germany began in the middle of 1920, about. Mm-hmm. So yep, a hundred years um, that God has blessed us with, and and uh, we're very grateful for that. Okay, and in terms of you know you, you said it's 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 a it's a kind of a, it's a faith community it's a religious community so I suppose for for our listeners can you kind of explain a bit more about that what does that mean to live in community as a faith community what I suppose the first question is you know um a, you know Christian community obviously um but wh- what's you know what's the basis what are the fundamental values of the community. So we do our best to live out the teachings of Jesus. We are families um, and single people, children, old people that live together. It's a lifetime commitment um, to live out the teachings of Jesus, primarily the Sermon on the Mount, but also like the early Christians, as you read in Acts 2 and 4. So we share everything in common. None of us has our own money. We don't have an income. I mean, we have a collective income, but we don't have a personal um, a bank account, each of us, mm-hmm. and um, we live together, we have our own school, uh, we worship together, and um, we just try to love each other. From, uh, I suppose, from, uh, from an Irish perspective, it sounds... It almost sounds like a like an early Christian an early Christian community that we used to we would have had here in Ireland back in times of our, our our Celtic ancestors, in terms of community living together, working together, supporting each other, and all around the whole idea of that the central part of it, of course, is our faith and our faith journey. Now, looking at you know the the, the various things um, about the Bruderhof community and uh, trying to understand and learn about the Bruderhof, one of the things that jumped out to me, and you mentioned it there, Evelyn, is the idea of the community of goods and holding things in common. And I suppose in our modern world, I, you know, would it be fair to say that would be seen as being very countercultural? Yes, absolutely. I think so. Um, and again, you know, just for your listeners, our communities are really like a, a religious order. And that we've all made lifetime vows, uh, you know, all the adults in the community. Mm. And, um, and in that way, um, much like any religious order. And yes, it is very countercultural. You know, we have lots of visitors or, you know, before the COVID pandemic we did. And uh, not many of them, you know, percentage-wise, you know, uh, became members. Mm. Um, so... Yes, I think it is quite radical, but I, I do think that uh, hopefully it is uh, our communities are an encouragement and um, an inspiration 
to, to anyone else who wants to follow Jesus' teachings, you know, in a radical way. Now, you, you, made, a, you made a very uh, an important point there. You said that it is adult members of the community that kind of make the promises or make the vows. And that's actually the important part of, 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 of the Bruderhof community, isn't it? It's absolutely important, yes. So um, for us, we have a novitiate period, and you also must be over 21. Uh, you, might, you must be baptized as an adult. Um, and then uh, after a time of, of testing and discernment, uh, you can take the vows of membership if the community feels that you're, you are ready for that. Mm. And it's yeah, it's, it's an important part in in technical terms, I suppose. That when we when from 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 that point of view, it's a kind of it's an, an Anabaptist community. That's a community that believes that you must you can only make baptism, make promises, and accept faith as an adult. So you you don't you don't baptize the kids, right? But um, one of the first vows that you make is that you feel that you've been called to this way by God. Mm. So that's that's also an important um, part that. God works in our lives. Um, he works a little different in everybody's lives, but ultimately, um, you know, we all have the same goal to live for His His kingdom and, and His rule. Mm. And one of the one of the one of the things that comes across as being important as well for the community is the fact that it's um, nonviolent and 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 focus on peacemaking. Would you say that's a key part of 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 the community's outlook in terms of? its interaction with kind of the external community? Absolutely, yes. Um, you know, nonviolence and forgiveness um, are such um, important concepts for us within our community, but it is um, something that we do try to proclaim um, as a message to, to others outside the community. For instance, we have a program that does assemblies in schools that talks about forgiveness and working out differences, you know, to try to reduce things like gang violence and, and so on in, in schools. And um, it's certainly, we feel, an important part of our witness, as is our pro-life stance, which I feel, you know, goes together. Very good. And in terms of just, just coming back, Evelyn, to a point that you were making there, you know, you were saying that you don't have... Um, individual incomes that everything everything goes into kind of a common purse or a common a common pool and i suppose for some people they'd say well you know what does that mean dan in terms of you know if you want to buy i don't know some clothes or you want to get something like that for yourself how, how does that work from a community point of view so we have um people who we have asked or the, the community has asked them to be responsible say for the food so there's um there are people that buy the food and then if you need something, they can, you know, you can ask them. Same with clothing, same with, um, you know, we have a fleet of cars. So mm. if, if I have a medical appointment or I would like to go and visit my grandmother or whatever it is, then I can work that out with the person who's in charge of that aspect of the community. So it's not that you have completely given up everything and you're never going to get it. It's more that um, any needs are taken care of within the context of what's best for the for the community as a whole. 
Okay. And in terms of, um, I suppose, just, just, just that a practicality, if we were to meet you kind of walking down, you know, in the airport as we were, you know, if I was to fly into, into Pennsylvania, so to Philadelphia or into Pittsburgh, and I was to, 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 cr- to pass you in the airport, um, would, would, would I know that you were members of the community? I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, wear, I wear a long skirt. Uh, mainly for modesty and also so I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear every day. I can just get up and make breakfast and prepare for my family and my community. And um, yeah, hopefully um, more than that, you can see from our eyes and from the way that we treat you that we are followers of Jesus. Okay. And in terms of, um, I suppose, in terms of the community itself, um, you know, you, 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 uh, yourself and Nathan, you've got, you've got a couple, you've got a number of children. So uh, let me, let me see if I, if I can remember this right. So Lucas is two, Grant is four, uh, Ronan is seven, and Marlea is eight. Is that correct? Good for you. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So I was trying, I was trying to remember that we were having introductions before the program started. So, you know, as a family, for you as a family, um, you know, so first of all, as individuals, then as a married couple, and then as a family, what is it that living in the community gives to you? Because I suppose um, in, in the world, particularly in the Western, you know, developed countries, uh, there's very much a focus on the individual. There's very much a focus on your own personal rights and to a certain degree, our personal responsibilities. Whereas the idea of living in community and working in community very much kind of speaks to an older mindset you know, from a Western point of view, although it would be very common you know, in places in African countries or in Southeast Asia. So I suppose, as just to break that question down, so for each of you individually, what is the, what, 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 what I suppose graces does giving in the community live, give, give to you, then as a couple and then as a family? Yes, yeah, so that is a, it's a bit of an open-ended question, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, so there's many wonderful things about living in community with brothers and sisters who've made the same uh, commitment that, that we have to following Jesus together. And there's many ways we can support each other. But I guess, you know, you, you asked, you know, individually. And for me, just thinking about that now, um, to live for a purpose that's much greater than myself um, and to be reminded of that often is, I think, really important for me. And I, and I think, you know, you mentioned in our society that there's a focus on the individual and um, their freedoms and so on. And obviously, I, I think you'd agree that, you know, in secular society, if someone doesn't have a faith in a larger purpose, that that often leads to, to a sense of... Um, depression, really, often, um, and a lack of, of purpose. And we have so much, something so much greater to live for, to be a witness to um, the kingdom of God, to how Jesus wants people to live. And, um, and to me, that's, that's something wonderful that living in community gives me. And Evan, um, what, about, what about you? My answer is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I... At one point, um, when I was younger, I spent some time in an orphanage in India, and I felt like, you know, maybe that's where I can make a difference in the world. And um, Nathan actually spent some time in Israel doing similar work, volunteer work. And um, I realized that 
my own living by my own efforts um, was futile. And if I wanted to make a difference in the world, the best thing for me to do was to um, work on the, the battle of self within myself first mm-hmm. and serve people around me and give myself to something that was larger than just me on my own doing my own thing. And you mind me asking, did the two of you marry within the Bruderhof or before? Yes, we, we both married, we married within the community. And okay. that was very um, formative and very important for us that we had a foundation of faith, a faith basis foundation for our marriage mm-hmm. before, you know, we got to know, or as we got to know each other, that it was built on, on our first, our commitment to Jesus and the commitment to the community. And then in terms of, you know, living, living as a family, I suppose the, the, what the, the, the expression that's going through my mind is that sometimes it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking it, it sounds in some ways almost, I won't say idyllic because I don't want to kind of give people a wrong impression, but it sounds like it would be, you know, the, with the pressures that we have in terms of child minding and looking after them and all the rest of it, in terms of living in the community as a family, how does you know how does that work for you as a you know as a couple in terms of having having your children growing up in that kind of community yes it, it really is wonderful a wonderful place to raise children um and um it isn't idyllic as you say because um you have to be ready to give up a lot of your own opinions mm. um, obviously when you when you make a lifetime commitment like we do um to to our church to to our community but but for the children and and raising children it is wonderful and you know after breakfast in the morning i take our two youngest boys out and i i take the one to the nursery and um where he's with a group of other children and i see a lot of the other dads and moms dropping off their children and then i take my other boy grant um, over to um, the kindergarten um, which is in our school building elementary school building and again you know you're just meeting other people on the way and you know dropping them off with teachers who you know and love and and uh you know you work with perhaps their spouse you know during the rest of the day and we i come up up to my job job here in our workshop and then we all get together for lunch again at noon um we used to have lunches communally and that's school-age children and older but since the COVID pandemic, we've been having lunches at home just to reduce any chance of uh, infection, obviously. Mm. But still, just to have that, that lunch hour with, with my children is, is so great. And then to, to um, go back to work for the afternoon and then back again at five. Mm. So, yes, um, it sounds idyllic. And in many ways, it is. Um, and we have a lot less uh, pressures, you know, money or whatever it is, but um, what we value the most, I think, um, we were just talking about this, is that we can teach our children to look out beyond themselves. Mm. Um, Our children are raising chickens. Um, we've, We've raised milk cows for the community and the children have participated in helping with barn chores. Um, and that's not just for our family, but that's for others. You know, we can bake a batch of cookies for a neighbor who's having a birthday. 
there's so many opportunities that we can um, teach our children to look out for others and Mm -hmm. in that way instill the teachings of Jesus into our children. I think that to to us is the biggest privilege Mm -hmm. that we can, that we have an environment where we can do that. And in terms of, um, I suppose, one of the things that, that would, a question that would arise is, particularly when I mentioned Pennsylvania, and I, I was telling a couple of my, uh, you know, friends or neighbors that, you know, we were going to have this interview with the Bruderhof on the program this week, and they were going to me, so you mean the Amish? And I was kind of going, no, I said, they're not. Uh, and it's not, you're, you're a different community. You might be cousins in some respects, but your approach to the world is quite different because you do go out and participate in the world. You do engage with modern technology. You know, even some of your, you know, some of the children will go to university or, or college. Uh, isn't that the case? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Because uh, just to say, just to say to our listeners, we're going to put uh, a couple of links into the podcast uh, notes. So one is going to be um, links to the Bruderhof community, also to their publishing house, The Plough. And I'm just personally, uh, John and myself would recommend that. I have a number of books that I use from The Plough, very good. And they have a quarterly magazine, which is also available if people want to take a subscription to The Plough Quarterly. Again, comes with a highly high recommendation from the Sacred Space 102 team. And as well as that, then there is a very interesting uh, website, which was uh, a project that was done by the Bruderhof community to mark their 100th anniversary, which is a uh, what's the word? I suppose it's it's a, it's a photo montage. It's a, a site of day-to-day life in the different uh, Bruderhofs around the world, and it's actually there's some fabulous, fabulous photographs in it, Nathan Evelyn. Uh, and one thing that struck me about it was simplicity but also smiles, you know, and I know everyone takes, you know, smiles when they take a picture, but it's just the happiness was very self-evident. And then, uh, John, you were saying to me, uh, you in particularly enjoyed the various YouTubes on the YouTube channel as well. Yeah, I must say now, myself and my wife, Anne, um, spent the afternoon listening to some of the YouTubes uh, and uh, we were really thought that, that they were fantastic. I mean, one of the things that I was thinking about there, one of the questions that came through, I think it was from a, probably a BBC documentary, was how do how do teenagers manage to to stay calm and to, uh, and to stay focused in the community as opposed to outside? How do you find that yourselves, um, Nathan? Yeah, so that's a a good question. Our our teenagers um, are lucky; they have a a wonderful youth group here. And, um, you know, there's lots of opportunities for them. We try to um, give them, you know, a lot of activities they can do, like sports and different clubs in their, um, in the high school that we, we run at one of our communities. Um, and I just think having a youth group with, with other kids where all the parents have made the same commitment, um, so they, it's the same values, and you don't have to worry about what your kids are being exposed to when they're in their youth, in the youth group and so on. Um, I just think that's really valuable. And then one, one other thing I would say is when they, when they are 18 and ready to leave the home or have another experience, they're often able to go to another community than the one their parents are on or they grew up on and go to college, you know, from that community or have some type of work experience. And that's just another great uh, way that they can um, gain some independence um, without kind of being thrown into, um, you know, secular society, kind of at the, the deep end of the pool, 
um, mm-hmm. when they're still 18 and, and 19 years old. Now, we, of course, don't have our own teenager yet, but um, <laughs> you've all that fun ahead of you. <laughs> but we've been teenagers ourselves, yeah. and it's not always easy, of course, as you know. We're also just normal human beings, and there's definitely children that rebel, and there's definitely parents that don't quite manage one way or the other. Mm. Um, but ultimately, we also feel that we can't try to mold our children and make them make them do exactly it the way that we did it. You know, the world is changing. Yes, Jesus's teachings remain the same, but each generation also has to find what works for their generation in the, in the concept or in the, in the context of, of Jesus's teachings. And how are we going to live out community in this challenging time that we're in and in this challenging world? Mm-hmm. And, and none of us actually has the answer, but we do believe that step by step, the Holy Spirit leads us, you know, one, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, radio, internet, um, how does that work within the community? Right. So with technology, um, we try to use it when, when it can be used for good. We try to look at where is it helpful and, and where is it a distraction or, or unhelpful? And so, um, you know, we use the internet in our business and in our workplaces, but we don't typically have televisions in our homes. I don't think any family here in our community has a television in our home. And um, most of us don't have computers at home either, um, unless we need it for some, some specific reason. And so, those are just some examples of, of how we try to um, look at um, actually everything. It's not just information technology, but any, any material good, any, anything, and say, how can this be used for good? And is it necessary? Is it helpful? Before mm-hmm. we introduce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably explain to our listeners as well, one of the reasons why we got talking to Nathan Evelyn is because there's a connection with West Limerick. Um, and that is, um, well, we, we just dropped a random email after the after the Bruderhof community and Nathan was very gracious to come back to us. And he was actually, we did have a, you have a connection with Newcastle West. That's right. Yes, we, we were there um, almost 10 years ago now um, for the summer of 2011, right? Mm. And so uh, we, yeah. Well, try we me spent, asking, what were you doing in Newcastle West? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were sent out from our community to see how God is, was working in Ireland. And, um, and also just to people. try to encourage people um, that we met there. And we were hosted by the Healing Streams uh, Christian Fellowship. Mm-hmm, I know them, yeah. Which is a, if you're familiar with them. Mm-hmm, yes. mm-hmm. But we, yeah, we, we met. Oh, lo- lots of people, and you know, hopefully, some of them will will hear the show or the podcast. You know, Ron and Tom McCoy and Vicky Nash on the Tidy Towns Committee, and uh, Father Duhigg. We 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 met several times, had wonderful chats with him, and and of course, many others. So yeah, we have so many good memories of of those months. Very good. Okay, I'm afraid time is against us, um, and in from for, for this part of the program, uh, so we we're going to have our, our the next piece of music that we're going to have, which and you have I uh, suggested that we would play 
um, a piece of music which is a song by the community, members of the community. Uh, does it have a particular name? What? White clouds sailing in a windy sky, I believe is. Okay, so we're 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 going to we're going to have that to just close out this this part, part two, and then uh, we'll come back to part three of the program where where Nathan and Evelyn are going to join us with a reflection on the gospel of the Sunday. So we'll see you in part two. Welcome back, folks, to the third and final part of Sacred Space uh, 102 here on West Limerick 102, a Come and See production, Come and See Inspirations production. Uh, my name is Shane Ambrose. I'm delighted to have you back for the third part of our program today. And still on the line with us today, we have our guests from Pennsylvania, Nathan and Evelyn. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So uh, the, we now come to the third part of our program, which, of course, is one of the key parts on a Sunday morning, which is where we read and reflect on the Sunday gospel of the day. So uh, this morning, just to get us started, John, if you could lead us in the prayer we have each week of the prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Okay. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently humbly and attentively. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, let not our eyes be closed, nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel reading this morning is for the is in the liturgical census for the third Sunday of Lent, and it is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 2, verses 13 to 25. When the time of the Jewish Passover was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and in the temple he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves, and the money changers sitting there. 
Making a whip out of cord, he drove them all out of the temple, sheep and cattle as well, scattered the money changers' coins, knocked their tables over, and said to the dove sellers, Take all of this out of here and stop using my father's house as a market. Then his disciples remembered the words of scripture, I am eaten up with a zeal for your house. The Jews intervened and said, What sign can you show us that you should act like this? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. Are you going to raise it up again in three days? But he was speaking of the temple that was his body. And when Jesus rose from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and what he had said. During his stay in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he did. But Jesus knew all people and did not trust himself to them. He never needed evidence from anyone. He could tell what someone had within. So that's this morning's uh, scripture. Uh, so Nathan, um, is there any few thoughts or reflections that you would like to share with us? Yes, so that's an amazing passage and certainly a very dramatic one. You know, nowhere else does Jesus, you know, physically turn over tables or, you know, make a whip. So, um, you know, why was he so upset? Um, and so there's a few things I, I thought of. And one is that, um, you know, mixing money with the worship of God and, um, and sort of putting the money first, you know, the, the, the merchants who were selling there, um, they were probably, you know, their thoughts were not probably on, on, on God and uh, were more, like, more likely to be uh, on how to make a profit and, and really how those two things don't belong together. You know, God spoke about you, can, you cannot serve two masters. And um, so that, that, that passage reminded me of that. Mm. And also it seems that those merchants may have been taking advantage of, you know, the poor people who were coming to, to sacrifice in the temple. And, um, and again, Jesus so many times, um, you know, he spoke very forcefully to the religious leaders um, who were hypocritical but he was very kind and loving to the poor and those who knew they were sinners. So that was an encouragement. Mm, mm. Um, Evelyn, did you have any particular thoughts that you'd like to share with us? No, I, I agree. And I think, um, yeah, I think to me it also shows how much Jesus actually loved children and he loved the poor mm. and um, he wanted our hearts to be pure in the sense that in our worship that they're freed from selfishness and freed from mammon mm. and freed from greed and that we can worship him and, and serve him and, and praise him simply mm. um, and wholeheartedly. Uh, one of the things that struck me, and it, and it was completely coincidental, of course, is that um, 
I suppose for, for, for those of us that would say that, you know, Christianity is a call to as a faith of, of peace, and particularly for yourselves, I suppose, as well in, in the Bruderhof community, because, you, you know, you, you, you are a, a, a pacifist community. I suppose this is often the gospel that's thrown at us. Um, you know, you know, even Jesus lost his temper kind of a thing. And, and, and kind of, you know, do you have any kind of thoughts or reactions to, you know, when someone says something that, you know, sometimes, you know, you do have to actually stand up for things um, and how that's, you know, how, 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 we, how we reconcile that uh, with the message of peace very much that's in the gospel? Uh, well, I lose my temper all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't use that passage as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Because usually when I'm losing my temper, I have other motives. Right. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm selfish or I'm upset or I'm tired or I'm mad at my kids or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we also try to teach our children not to lose their tempers. But we have to first lead by example. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit off topic, but um, no, no, I, that's I, what I, I thought I, of. Yeah, no, I, I would I would I would say I, would, I completely agree with you. That is one of the things it's often it's the intent behind it that very much would be that would come into play. In, in that regard, I suppose for myself, looking at this 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 Sunday's gospel, um, so in a in a from from a liturgical sense, we've we've moved away from the gospel of um, Mark, which we've been journeying throughout this year so far, and, and over the next couple of weeks, we're we're going to stay with John for a couple of things throughout what is the Lenten season. And the, the 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 interesting thing, of course, about very much this gospel, I think, for me this this Sunday was a term that I that we came across, uh, which actually Father Frank put forward in in the reflection material that he gave for the Lexio Divina group, um, and he he was this idea of Jesus as a disturber of the peace, and you know, in some respects, I suppose there is that element of it. We we are we're we're not called to just kind of go so much with the flow of life and you know just as much as the you know the Bruderhof is a is a countercultural sign for us in the world today all Christians are called to be countercultural in many with many respects you know uh, we are called to live out a particular baptismal calling and while we might have different ways of doing that in living that calling ultimately that is the responsibility that we have as baptized Christians and that idea, I suppose, of Jesus as the disturber of the peace very much comes across in the Sunday's gospel. And the question for us is, how do we react to that? You know, one of the things that we say when we lead these reflections on a Sunday is we say sometimes to people is, put yourself in that scene. Where are you? Who are you? And how do you react? And what does that say for you in terms of the scene that's there, but also in terms of the life that you live at this moment in time? You know, the one thing we say to people each Sunday is scripture might be written, you know, 2000 odd years ago, but it's not a dead document. It's still very much the word of God, which speaks to us in our own culture, in our own time. And each of us is called to read, reflect and discern what exactly it is that it is saying to us in our particular moment, even in these COVID times. But in terms of that disturber of the peace idea, I think for me, it was that whole idea of challenge, profit the role of prophet in the community, calling out that which is wrong, calling out some way, calling out and challenging that which is part of the status quo, I suppose, part of the idea of the the elite taking advantage of the poor. Because that's a good point, actually, Nathan, that you made just in relation in terms of your reflection, which was the fact that it was taking advantage of the poor. 
because the context to what was happening was the Jewish people had an obligation to go to the temple in Jerusalem and to participate in the sacrifices that were there. So obviously, if you were coming from afar, buying the sacrifices in Jerusalem was the easiest way to do it. But of course, advantage and greed. And as Evelyn, as you said, mammon came into the whole picture there. And so Jesus was very much reacting to that and the fact that it was being tolerated. And that, I think, for us is one of the things that we, we need to ask ourselves in, in the world today in terms of the, the scripture calls us to be like Jesus, disturbers of the peace, but in, a, in the sense of challenging it for the poor, the needy, being aware of the community around us and our obligation to help those who are most definitely in need. John, did you have any particular thoughts on it? Yeah, just, uh, just wanted to, well, just one, really. Um, it was all really centered around the temple, you know, um, Jesus reminds us today that he is the new temple, you know, that, that, that's, that, that is his body and his total message is the new temple. And as Christians, we believe that Jesus lives in us. So we often say we're temples of the Holy Spirit or the temple of God. And Father Frank, as you reminded us, Father Frank, by the way, Father Frank um, shares with us Lectio Divina or shares the scripture with us each week for the last oh, 10, 11, 12 years at this date. I know with, with these times we, we can't share as a group, but he sends us out some reflections each week. And one of the things he asks us to remind ourselves this week is have we, have we really taken on the awesomeness of being the temple of the Holy Spirit? Say that again. Have we really taken on the awesomeness of being temples of the Holy Spirit? Have I allowed non-Christians, non-Jesus pursuits, push God aside from my life? So maybe today, maybe we could take a few moments to thank God for making us, his, for, for, for making his temple within us. So that about brings us to the end of this part of the program, Shane. Um, if you just want to say... Yeah, so I just want to say it's very, uh, very much a thank you to Nathan and Evelyn for joining us on this morning's program, and also to the to the four kids that were sitting in the background. I, I know they were there with you guys as well, uh, and to thank you very much for coming on from Pennsylvania to to introduce to our listeners this morning um, what the Bruderhof is. Uh, and as we said in, in part two of the program, we're going to put up a couple of links just so people can explore us a bit more and if you know, and to see what it means to live in the community. So very much, uh, do you guys have any kind of last thoughts or words that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, we just want to say thank you very much for having us, you know, for, the, for your reflections, Shane and John, on, on the passage there. And it's just wonderful to, in a way, reconnect um, through you and your program with so many of our friends there in Newcastle West. And we love all of you and we, God bless you all. And we can Thank just you. imagine you in Newcastle West and in Limerick and all over Ireland. Indeed. Thank you very much. Thank okay, you. folks. So that brings us to the end of this week's program. And, and John, have you a piece of music to take us out? A piece of music that I think is ideal to go out this morning. It's mm -hmm. sung by John Michael Talbot, and this one is entitled, Come, Let Us Adore the Lord. So with that, from Pennsylvania and from Ada and from Shannon Golden and wherever we are based, thank you for joining us. Enjoy the week, and we'll do it all again next week. Until then, God bless you all now. Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you.
treat you Put away all your cares And be free of every possession Coming freely to love and to honor the Lord. Let us adore the Lord with a pure heart and mind. Let us I don't 